Welcome to A Raw Perspective, a fresh point of view. I'm your host, Richard Anthony Welch. And thank you for rocking with me in the booth once again on this glorious weekend, which is going to be a hot one during the week, and then it's going to somewhat cool off and be moderate temperatures. But we got beautiful weather coming up here in the great state of Illinois. Shout out to everybody that's been listening to this podcast, been rocking with me since the beginning. I appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart, so thank you very much. Shout out to my mom, who is on vacation. I'm so glad. It's almost been two years since she's been on vacation, and she's kicking with her girlfriends in ATL. She's fully vaccinated, and she's going to have the time of her life, so I wish her best of luck. Have fun. Be safe. And what does that mean for your boy? The boy has the house to himself. Oh my gosh. Two weeks of the house to myself. But I'm going to go clean it up and and make it nice and neat when she comes back. So she can be like, wow, he actually did something in the house. Because mama's always be criticizing your cleaning efforts. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. If you haven't done so already, you can check out my new website, www.arawperspective.com, where you can be updated on all the latest podcast information and even check out some of my last podcasts, latest podcasts, the very first podcast if you want to check it out. Go check it out. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on the social media. They have links there as well. Again, www.arawperspective.com. Today's topic is my sophomore year. Last week we talked about my freshman year at Hampton University and and some of the trials and tribulations that I endured during there. Probably one of the lowest moments in my life. And now I had this redemption story that I was going to do. And yeah, I I I was about to redeem myself. Came out of Hampton University with a 4.0 GPA. I could have went anywhere. I could have went to Harvard, Stanford, you name it. But I was afraid that I would have the same experience like I did at Hampton University. Being away from my family, being away from the friends that I had in high school, not being able to connect. Yeah, it was was tough. So I did the next best thing in my 18-year-old brain. I'm going to go to school where all my friends in high school went. Life lesson. Just because y'all were cool in high school and being buddy-buddy doesn't mean that it's going to be all buddy-buddy when you get to college. Because when you go to college, people get booed up. (laughs) And that was the lesson that I learned. I'm still cool with the people. Uh, It's just the, the significant other took priority. Uh, during that. So, yeah. How we got there. So, yeah, I, I had a decent summer. Uh, coming back home, I was like, yes, it was it was definitely a refreshing moment. Went to my orientation to UIC as a transfer student. It's like, yes, in Chicago, cool, in a city. James Ducal Towers was a brand new residence hall that they had. I'm like, I'm going to live in James Ducal Towers. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to have a great new new leaf on life. And yeah, 
Uh, we went to the orientation, did fine. Now, trying to get prepped up and getting ready to go, I was like, I want to move to James Stuckel Towers. And one of my friends that was already going there, he was commuting this first year, his name is Brad. Uh, Brad was, I, I hit up Brad and I was like, Brad, I know you've been commuting, but now's the time that we should live on campus. We should live at, at JST. And Brad was like, yeah, that's cool, man. I'll definitely sign up the paperwork. So I, I did my paperwork. They give you the roommate preference. I was like, Brad, put my name down as roommate preference. Richard Wallace. He's like, all right, I got you. And I'm like, James Stuckel Towers. That's where we're going to be living. And summer comes, and then we get our housing assignments. And my housing assignment, it said James Sukel Towers, Tower C312. I was in the area code room. And my roommate was Patrick Welsh, not Bradley Bibbs. So I was curious why... The name on the roommate was Patrick Welsh and not Bradley Bibbs. So I make a call to Brad and I'm like, Brad, are you living on campus? Because I see that your name is not on my roommate preference. And Brad had told me, yeah, um, I'm not going to go live on campus. Uh, I forgot to do the paperwork. And I was like, Brad. I had told you months and months prior to do the roommate thing so that we can be together in JST for my sophomore year. So I can be just like high school. He's like, yeah, man, I'm just going to commute again. And I was like, ain't this a mother... I was, I was pissed. Because, one, I didn't know who Patrick Welsh was. Um, I didn't know if he was... Cool, bad, I don't know, race, I don't know. <laughs> Things going in my head because I'm going to a different institution. I don't I don't know this person. Familiarity was something that I was that I was craving and I didn't have that when I was at Hampton because I was all bold and, and stuff and I was like, Yeah, I'm about to about to go to a new institution, but I'm gonna have cushions because I have familiarity around me. Nope. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'm, I, I know at least I have other friends in, in other, other dormitories on campus, on the east side of campus. So I was on the south side of campus, which is the new renovated places. This is where the athletes used to live. Uh, this is where people that, that yeah, it was, it was a nice building. It was a really nice building. So when you got in the move in, uh, I met, met my RA and then I... We had what's called RAs, which are resident assistants, and then PMs, which were peer mentors. Um, so my RA, black girl, Jasmine, she was really cool. So I was like, hey, I, how, do, how do I become an RA is like my first thing. Because I was like, this dorming is expensive, and I want to like offset the costs of my parents. Because they, they invested in all my money. So Jasmine was like, oh, yeah, I have to go. Let's talk to the RD, the resident director, Joe Tibson. And you got to just be friends with him and stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll be able to do that. So as the move-in starts up, they have a black party. This is just me outside looking in because foreshadowing, this was going to be my career being a resident director. 
well, not my entire career, but the start of my career, going into residence life and being a resident director. So I met with, with Joe Timpson, introduced myself, said thank you for, for hosting this block party. It's like, oh yeah, welcome, move in. So move in, I get there, JST312, and then I get into my room, and the view was, was I, I could see down in like the courtyard area of JST, but yeah, brand new walls, new room, like bathroom was nice. I mean, it was perfect. Had had the TV, living room area. It was perfect. Real perfect. And then the I was in a suite, so there was two it was one, two, it was five five guys to to a suite for us. So Roommates, pair, roommate pair, and a single pair. So the first roommate was me and Pat. Then the single room was Nick. And then the other room was Carl. And then I forgot the other dude's name. Uh, and yeah, I wanted to make friends. I'm like, yo, what's up, man? My name is Rich. And I, I came buddy-buddy with Carl because Carl was in my political science class. And then I met Pat. Pat was really cool. Pat had a girlfriend that went to Loyola University Chicago. And I got to meet her as well. And yeah, he seemed like a, a cool white dude from what I know. Uh, from, from the experience that I had with Pat, Pat was really cool. Pat played a lot of video games. He played Left 4 Dead 2 all night into the middle of the night. But it didn't bother me because... All he did was play video games, hang out with his girlfriend, and play video games. I don't know if he went to class or not, but that's what he did. Nick over there, Nick was in the single room. He was bringing girls in left and right. You would just hear a whole bunch of noise coming out of that room. And Nick was part of the acting troupe. Like, he was, he was an actor. And, like, there was someone in there. I was like, what is going on? Because in my mindset, you had to have, like, visitation hours for, for girls to come into like the, the men's room. Nah, this is this is a public school. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. Um, so Nick was bringing in somebody every other week. I was like, wow. And then Carl and I forgot that man's name, but his other roommate. Yeah, I I, I kicked it with them, and they they would have like like parties and stuff. It's like wow, this is the first time I'm actually partying and like doing stuff. And I would go hang out with them. Um, initially how it started. And then Carl moved with <laughs> another group because they had an opening up there, so they moved with, with their friends. And so we got new roommates, these two uh, Korean guys, like Korean uh, tra Korean international students. Uh, they, they used to have like rages in that room too. <laughs> it was like super like, I didn't care. But I guess it was messing with Pat's uh, like internet connection or something because it was like messing up his vibe and got mad and then like the RAs came and I was like look y'all can play what y'all want to play like Pat's getting mad at y'all Nick didn't care <laughs> it was all great um, but yeah I, I I mean Pat was cool but it wasn't my, my buddy buddy um, so I didn't really have like the, the dorm room friends from there and then all my high school buddies they were 
over on the east side of campus. So that's where all the classes were. That was a little bit older buildings. They stayed in like Commons West, Commons, yeah, Commons West, Commons South, and Courtyard. So I think Osvaldo lived in Commons West or something, but Osvaldo had a girlfriend. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Hi. And yeah, like his girlfriend at the time, it's like, yeah, this, this is who they are. So I, I would hang out with them. But then I realized that they were more in tune with their significant others. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm not hanging out with, with Waldo as much because he's booed up. Like, I remember him, Moose, uh, Helen, who Helen and Moose got married. And then Amanda. Yeah, I mean, it was a nice little little knit group. And their RA was a, a duet from there. And, yeah, I, they, they would have, they would have, like, Parties and stuff in the room, you know, you'd party and, and all of that. We would never get written up or, or nothing. But, yeah, I mean, it was cool to, like, have the experience to stay, like, in a room at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning just talking just random shit just for no reason. And my other friend, Jordan, I think he was living off campus, but he was living off campus with Christine. I don't know. I don't remember this. I think that was junior year. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. But, yeah, they, they got together. Everybody was booed up. Brad was commuting, so I never really got to see him on campus. I was like, where's my friend group? And I, I had to find a new friend group. So what's the, the thing that I did? I went to what was called the Resident Hall Association, or RHA. They had free pizza, and that's what I got, free pizza, and they gave away prizes and stuff. And that's where I went to meet people and stuff and get involved. Just trying to make a connection. Because I, I felt very lonely when I was at UIC. And, but it wasn't the type of lonely where I was having thoughts of suicide ideation. And it was like, wow, this is a, a navigation. It's just a whole bunch of people. And this campus is not as tight-knit. It was, it's a commuter school. So people would go to school from 9 to 4, and then they, the campus would be dead. So I was like, all right, got to make some friends. Especially when you didn't start out your, your first year. But there was cool events that they had on campus. They had what was called Spark in the Park, where they brought in Girl Talk, uh, Kid Cuddy. Uh, no, that was my junior year. I'm jumping ahead. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was Kid Cuddy. Definitely Kid Cuddy. Uh, so, yeah, it was Kid Cuddy, and then it was... Lupe Fiasco, and then senior year. No, it was junior senior. So, no, Kid Cudi was next year. Sorry, junior year. My bad. I'm, I'm jumping the gun, y'all. I'm sorry. This is almost 10 years ago. <laughs> Over 10 years ago that I'm trying to remember all of this stuff. So, bear with me. But, yeah, they had cool things on campus. Uh, the campus is just very concrete. As far as the aesthetics of the buildings and stuff, it's just... Looked like the highway. It was just ugly. And me coming from Hampton, we would get these things called crime alerts on our on our phones. I'm like, what the hell is a crime alert? Because we're in the middle of Chicago, Illinois, so there's definitely crime that's happening. Crime alert, someone got jacked from their iPod. 
<laughs> someone got their phone stolen. Those are some of the things that we would see on the crime alert. I was like, whoa, this was real. I think another thing about me transitioning was trying to get involved in different groups. But the actual academic rigors of, of college. Because at, at Hampton University, I was not challenged at all. Again, I had a 4.0 coming out of Hampton University. It was probably the easiest courses that I did. And I finally declared a major. I was a business major at, at Hampton, but then I switched to political science. So I took a couple political science courses. And I took a political theory course with Dr. Dr. Engelman. And that shit was hard, bro. Uh, because it was very, I don't know. Theory is just, ugh. I, I, I hated it. And I struggled in that class. American government, with the class that I had with Carl, easy. But theory, really hard, really tough, really challenging. I even went to his office hours and I still didn't get it. Uh, definitely one of the, the toughest things that I experienced. And then I got a minor in economics and I was like, yeah, you know, I wanted to have some business principles. And had another professor the, the academics was definitely more challenging. Uh, but I, I maintained going to the office hours. I maintained to going to study groups and tutoring. Those were some of the things that helped me be successful. I didn't get a 4.0 out there. I got a couple. I got a few Bs and a few As. And I, I'm glad that I got that. I didn't get any Cs during my sophomore year. But you're not trying to hear about my, my academics. You're trying to hear about what did I get involved with. Well, since all my friends were booed up, I had to go make new friends, right? So the first thing that I saw on campus while I was walking south to, to east campus, it was during the weekend, and UIC volleyball team was going to be playing Loyola Ramblers, and the UIC volleyball team hadn't won at Loyola in I don't know how many years, and... <laughs> and this is the first time that I met the, the athletics people. And it's like, we have a free bus to go up to Loyola if anybody wants to come. It's just like, why would my ass go on a free bus where they had pizza? This is just like candy from a stranger. But I went. And, you know, I got to meet, meet the guys that would actually bring me on to the athletics team as a game operations coordinator. So this would be... Sean Sullivan and and Ryan Protector in my, my sophomore year. Kyle didn't come to my Kyle Decker didn't come until my junior year. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just me and it was a few other people. I think Ricky Diaz was on there. No, Ricky's younger than me. Uh, but there was no, it's his older brother. Yeah, it's his older brother that was there. And it was like five of us on this bus. <laughs> Plus the athletics people, it was like Ryan and Sean, <laughs> the bus driver. It's like, well, we got free pizza and stuff. And it's like, all right, I'm getting to meet these people. And they just told us, all you have to do is just cheer really loud um, and hope that we, that we win. Um, but there's something that they told us that we haven't won here in I don't know how long. But I was like, all right, we're going to turn up. So I was like the, the head cheerleader from there. So we got to, to Loyola. Um, and then, like, the volleyball players, like, did not know who the hell I was. Like, because this is 
my second this is my second year it's like okay we didn't see you freshman year and then like all the athletes like who the hell are you <laughs> but they knew who I was after um, after the game over there because they, they lived in the floor above us they lived in like 412 uh, we went to the game and UIC had an amazing amazing match they, they swept them three straight sets and I got like this flag this UIC flag waving it in the air I'm screaming to the top of my lungs and we're all, it's a TV game on ESPN3. So if you had ESPN3, it's, well, not TV, it was online. And I just know that this was like the first time that, that we had won. And we made local news and my, my face is all over the local news. And they just love my energy. Sean and, and Ryan are like, yeah, we need that kid to be our game ops person. So they offered me a job. Um... <laughs> Uh, for, for for the team, and I was like, "Oh, sweet! I got a job!" So I got to meet like all the the game ops people. I got to meet Nate. I got to meet Danny, Alyssa, uh, Kim. Like we we had a whole group of people for for UIC. So I got to start off at the volleyball games at home. I used to be the person that used to roll the ball in the middle when there would be like you know a when they scored that that was fun that was really fun um, and then there was like this random guy that was dressed up as Borat that would come to the games <laughs> and, oh that was funny but I, I I got to make friends with the volleyball team um, and I finally had a new community so I was hanging out with the athletes and we and then we were all in like the same like class too that was like it was some math class no, stats class. It was stats class. And we were all in, in, in the class together, and I was helping them tutor in because I was good at the math. Yeah, we would all eat lunch and dinner together because the dining room was, like, on the other side of the the residence hall. So I got to chop it up with them. Got to chop it up with a couple people. I got to chop it up with Vincent. Um, I got to chop it up with uh, Gavin. Who was the third member? There was there was there was a troop. Everybody had their cliques, and I would always like float in between the cliques. But I was I was very well known. Even my my next door neighbor Corinne went there. She's like, "What are you doing here?" Like, <laughs> right? And it's like, "Why are you here at UIC?" Like, just can't get away with from anybody. <laughs> it's that's uh, it's, that's funny. But no, like everybody that I knew went to UIC. And it was definitely a, a great humbling experience for me to finally have some sense of belonging and some sense of community going. So some of the things that I got involved in, especially trying to meet people that look like me, I got involved into what's called Bro, Brothers Reaching Out, where I met some cool folks in there. This is where I met my friend Ken Vassar, who was the president of Brothers Reaching Out, and then I got to meet one of my boys... Sonara Scott, and then my other boy, Jelani John, Jelani, not Jelani Johnson, <laughs> Jelani Whitehorn, my bad, Jelani. Uh, and that's where I got to meet that group, and we would talk about the challenges that we experience as black men at a predominantly white institution. There was also another 
initiative that they had for black residents that lived on campus was the Pathways to Black Male Achievement. And so I got to kick it with Ken. Me and Ken were really good friends in, in, in college and, and Sonard as well. And then I also still had aspirations to join Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So that's the Theta chapter over there. So I, I got to meet them during the uh, campus community thing. And from the initial reaction, they, they, was, they was some pretty cool guys from, from what I had. But that's another story for another day. That's from my uh, junior year. Um, Save that for, for later. But yeah, I hang out with, with Ken, get to hang out with the black community. Jelani used to be a Def Jam rep, so he would bring people on the campus. He brought Trey Songs to campus. He brought Wale to campus. He brought every freaking artist that I know. And that connection got me to hang out with my boy Calvin, who was in my Spanish class, who used to do UIC radio. And I got to kick it with Calvin. And we would all go into like the, the studio and then he would like play his music. And yeah, I would have radio talk and this is where I, the origins of radio and podcasting came is through UIC radio. So I really want to thank Calvin for, for that. Lorenzo Ice is what he used to be called, man. And we used to be in that booth until about midnight and then we'd just go back to campus and kick it. But... My sophomore year was, was definitely an experience. Now, mind you that I only hung out on campus during my sophomore year. Please know that I only took the bus everywhere. I didn't even know where to go and explore during like the first half of my, my sophomore year. I literally just stayed in Greektown and UIC in Little Italy. I had what was called a U-Pass, which gave us access to all CTA buses, CTA uh, L's, so the, the the trains that used to ride, we call them L's, and I never took advantage of that. All I did was just ride the, the number eight bus back and forth when I got lazy, <laughs> if I didn't want to walk like two blocks to, cl to class, that is what I did. Uh... I didn't really explore the city until my, my junior year. So I was really landlocked my sophomore year. I didn't really explore, which was my fault on my own. But hey, it is what it is. Let me tell you two stories and then I will, will depart for you. Because sophomore year, it was, yeah, I, I had my, my high school friends, but my high school friends weren't, weren't there. I mean, I would hang out with them, but they had they, their girlfriends, and their girlfriends took priority over our friendship, and that happens. Oh, had to go make new friends. So, <laughs> this one is funny. It's funny now because my brother's still alive, but let me tell you about the time that my brother had, had come out of a school, so he was just fresh out of, of United States Navy uh, boot camp, and then he went to what was called A school, and my brother was about to get deployed in 20, 2000, 2010, and my brother was like, all right, man, I'm coming to visit my little brother. 
come show me your campus. And so my brother, he just came out of A school. Man, it's like super ripped, super in shape, like perfect military soldier, all of that. And so this is his first time in like freedom. So I'm like, all right, this is the first time that I actually got to like explore campus because this was during the second semester. This was like February, March. And we head over to, um, to Loyola to go watch some high school basketball game up in Loyola. And then we come back late at night and then we bump into my boy Calvin. My boy Calvin was like, hey, there's a party on the west side. We should all go together. And I'm like, man, it's late. It's on the west side. I don't think we should be going. And my brother was like, man, quit being a punk. You need to you need to go and live, man. We need to go to this party. There's going to be a whole bunch of girls. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good, man. I don't think we should go. Something in my gut telling me we shouldn't go. And my brother's like, oh, quit being a punk. And Calvin's like, yeah, quit being a punk, man. We about to roll. And I'm like, all right, so I guess we going. So we're going to take the 12 bus up into to the L and take the pink line over and go off of, like, I believe, California and head to a party that was over there. So we get on the 12 bus, and then there was this one girl that was just spazzing the hell out, cussing out the, the CTA bus driver. All of that. And it's like, oh, hell no. So she pulls the emergency the emergency door, which causes the entire bus to just shut down. And I was like, this is a sign for me to get off. And my brother was like, man, why are you being a punk? You need to come with us. And it's like, man, forget him, man. So my brother and Calvin go to the party, and I head back to JST where... They're playing DJ Hero or something like that. And that was all, all she wrote. Now, mind you, about an hour and a half later, this is before that we had cell phones where you can track people and stuff. Hour and a half later, why is Calvin at my door saying that, yo, your brother, your brother's missing. And I'm like, what happened? So Calvin tells me that they get off the pink line stop at California. They're with a group of girls that go into the same party. They're all on the same party. When they get off at California, they can see the house up ahead. But there's a bunch of gang-affiliated folks that are blocking their way. I presume that these guys were Latin kings because they was wearing black, black and yellow, black and gold. And it's like, yo, you ain't from the set, ain't you? You need to get get the fuck away from my set. And they're just trying to walk to the party. And try to walk. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you need to get the fuck away from my set. And so they're following this group with my brother, Calvin, and the rest of the folks in there. Then all of a sudden, the, the gang says, let's go get him, then starts chasing him. And then everything, all hell breaks loose is what he tells me. They just disperse. And then my brother gets caught by one of them and had an ice jacket and he swiveled out of that jacket real quick and stated that he hid in the alley and he heard someone say, shoot him, shoot that motherfucker. This is 
this was wild. So I'm like, okay, so my brother's missing on the west side of Chicago. There's definitely like gang activity that's happening late at night. Calvin's saying, I'm sorry that I lost your brother. I'm thinking my brother's dead. I'm like, so I have to call my parents and let them know that Kyle is missing, who just came out of the military. And so we called the precinct, the Chicago police, and Chicago police can be wishy-washy. It can be hot or cold. Luckily and fortunate that they said that my brother was part of the military, that they said that they would try and look for a patrol unit um, to look for him. So my brother is missing, can't find him, can't get a hold of him, lost his cell phone, can't call him, I'm thinking my brother's dead. An hour later, this mug shows up at the door, panting, with no jacket, shirt kind of ripped up, <laughs> and he says, <laughs> he said, nigga, I just survived. <laughs> and I was, I was relieved and I was pissed at the same time. But he told me the story. It's like, yeah, we was walking towards the party. We almost made it to the party until they started chasing us. And then one of them tried to jump me. And I punched him in his face and then slid out of my jacket and then ducked in the alley. And then all of a sudden he said that he was going to shoot me. But he couldn't see me because I was wearing all black. And so I hid out in the alley for about 20 minutes. And then I heard like cops, sirens and stuff. And then I waited and then I went back to the pink line and then I just went back home and got back to you. And so that's what happened. So my brother almost got taken his life away by going to a party, trying to talk to some girls at some damn party. <laughs> so he got jumped, but he survived. And he's still alive, still doing well. He lives in Atlanta. But man, he almost almost had his life taken away. That's that was crazy. The final story is is one on on a high note, and the story is how I became an RA. So I told you I already had experience in in the first podcast about me being an RA in training. Now becoming an RA was probably. Like just a self-fulfilling prophecy because I went into that RA interview that was set up in this big grand hall that they had up in uh, Student Center East and so you can hear other candidates but it's like round robin type of interviews that you would interview with different scenarios and I killed that I killed that shit I was so prepared. I was so involved. I had brothers reaching out. Uh, I thought I was in good with, with the, the brothers of Alpha Alpha. I was with the UIC Athletics. I participated in RHA. I got to know my RA. I helped her with her bulletin boards and door decks. And I was, I was doing well. I was doing great. And so I, I got the job. And I was probably one of the most happiest moments in my life where I got to tell my parents that I actually did something to save them money. And they was they was proud of me. They was like, whoa, we ain't got to pay room and board anymore? And they're like, yes. So I didn't know my housing assignment until the last, yeah, the last semester or whatever. 
yeah, last month of the semester. And I thought I was going to be in JST. That's where I wanted to be. Lo and behold, I was in Courtyard. And Courtyard was the oldest residence hall. It was the most worn down, most issues, most students. And they put me in Courtyard. And I was like, fuck. Because I was not trying to be in Courtyard. I was trying to be in the nice residence halls. But that didn't happen. But in the next podcast, I'll let you know that Courtyard was actually my blessing. It's truly a blessing. Sometimes the places that we think are trash are truly treasure. And I made some lifetime friends there too. And I'll talk about that during my junior year. So that was my sophomore year. It was all over the place. Finally got settled. Got challenged academically. Brother got jumped. Was involved. Pretty typical boring sophomore year life. Uh, I found new friends and made most of it. Yeah. So tune in next week for my junior year where I get to talk about all my RA experiences. Ooh, I got stories. So until next time, my name is Richard Anthony Wallace. This is A Raw Perspective. Peace.